Welcome to another episode of Ladies at UX Podcast. My name is Gabriela. I'm the chapter leader of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I'm Maria Haney, chapter leader of Ladies at UX, Salt Lake City, Utah. In today's episode, we are going to meet Madalena Costa or Medi Costa, and she likes to be called. She's currently a UX and UI designer based in Lisbon, and she works at Glansable. Am I saying that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where she designs for the user and delivers the business. She always had a passion for design and marketing. And as a UX and UI designer, she gets to combine both of these passions in her work. She believes that great design is more than just making something look pretty. It's about creating solutions that meet the needs of both the user and the business. She believes that her background is in marketing gives her a unique perspective on how to effectively integrate marketing to design, resulting in exceptional customer experiences. Maddie is a user-focused designer and has a deep knowledge in psychology, behavior, and user needs. She pays attention to every detail of the user experience, including layout, typography, color, and icons, to deliver solutions that are easy and intuitive to use. She's also a great collaborator and effective communicator, able to work with teams of developers, researchers, and other stakeholders to achieve successful outcomes. She's always learning and improving her skills to stay at the forefront of new technologies, tools, and design trends. She's organized with project management skills that allow her to efficiently handle multiple projects and priorities, and she's also proficient in design software and technologies, delivering high-quality design prototypes and final products. Also, in her free time, she loves reading, drawing, painting, motion graphics, and illustration. And she also one of the leaders of Ladies at UX Lisbon. Great, right? Shall we meet her? This episode was sponsored by DeployMe, recruiters specialized in UX designers. Welcome to the Ladies at UX in English podcast, a friendly, welcoming and collaborative organization of intelligent and curious women who push UX boundaries, develop skills and promote talent supporting each other. So welcome, Maddie. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Nice. We'd like to know your story from the beginning. How was your journey to becoming a UX designer? Actually, it is something funny. So I started in marketing, actually, and I've done marketing for like five to six years, more or less, a bit more, maybe. <laughs> I always have a passion for design. I used to do marketing and design for different companies and even as freelancing because I always, always had this passion. And I went to web design, more or less, because at the time, I don't think I knew anyone who knew UX design or UI design, nothing like this. So I continued my journey with marketing, with web design. And after a few years, I discovered UX UI design while I was working for a company. And I loved seeing, I loved just look at what the girl was doing. And she just explained. And I thought it was really curious. I really wanted to do that. But as stubborn as most of us are sometimes to change their life perspective. I just ignored my desire to continue as a UX designer and just focused on psychology of the user related to marketing. So I always had that little bug. And while I was doing a postgrad and then a master's, the opportunity just came. First on the postgrad doing wireframes and then 
during my master's, I had the opportunity to do a bootcamp in UX UI design. And it just made sense. It made sense so much that it took me less than a month to get a job after the bootcamp because I was just like, this is for me, you know, when something just makes sense. That's great. Yeah, that was my journey. Wow, less than a month. That's quite the success story. I had a question based on what you were saying. You mentioned you have that background in marketing and you were focusing on the psychology of the user. I'd love to hear more. How did that background prepare you and inform your current UX practice? Thank you for the question. So as a former marketer, I kind of This is my understanding that I have a unique understanding of the user and their needs because I not only focus on the experience that the user can have on the plot, on the platform, but also how the business can interact with the user in a more meaningful way. And this can actually see it on my design process, especially because this understanding of the consumer behavior, motivations and pain points, which is something that we always think about, this knowledge allows me to create designs that are not only aesthetically pleasing, because I also have the design background, but also that meets the needs of the customer and the the business. And in marketing, I learned the importance of understanding the customers and their journey by bringing this customer-centric approach to my UX UI design work by constantly considering the user needs, behaviors, motivation throughout the design process. I studied marketing intelligence, which focused a lot on the customer behavior. Even my thesis were related to not specifically to UX UI, but the behavior of consumers with influencers, which is something really big and people just buy what influencers try to sell. So I thought this was interesting. And yeah, my, my this gave me a lot of strong understanding also of the brand strategy and what, which is important in creating a cohesive and effective user experience. Because if you don't understand the brand, if you don't understand the strategy of the business you are creating, you will never create something that can meet both ends. And additionally, my marketing background has taught me the importance of clear communication and co- collaboration with cross-functional teams, which is critical for a design process. If you don't have this, you can have a design just from a page can take you months and months to do because no one agrees with anything. Based on this experience, I just concluded my background by being prepared and informed by my current UX practice by giving me a unique perspective on these consumers and the customer-centric approach, a strong brand strategy skills. And yeah, it was more or less this. I think my transition from marketing to UX design can be seen as something natural progression because I've always been bits and bits of UX UI design. I just didn't call it UX UI design. I didn't even know what was UX UI design in the beginning of my experience. Yeah, I think more or less this has been my why my background made sense. I always focused on the customer. Can you tell us a little bit about your design process? Uh, You mentioned that you aim to create solutions that add value for the user as well to the business. And we'd like to know how you do that. Sure. So my design process, like I said, more or less, is centered around understanding the needs of both the user and the business and finding a solution that meets those needs in the most effective way possible. So an overview of this can be because a design process is different from each project or 
from each specific thing you're doing. At least this is my understanding. I use mostly bits and bits of the diamond process and the design thinking process, but I also kind of mix with my marketing process. But basically I focus on the discovery part. I do a lot of research. I focus on the goal and how I can reach this goal with the target audience. And if I would have any constraints or limitations during this process. And then I do a lot, a lot of research based on the user research specifically to go deeper into the understanding of their needs, behaviors and motivations, depending on the different project. But I do this by seeing other platforms that are already created that have similar or not similar foundations as the problem we are trying to solve. I do user interviews, surveys, not as much I've done in the past, but it's not something that we focus a lot. But yes, and a lot of usability testing, which is a favorite of mine. And then <laughs> ideation, which is what I based on the discovery and research stage part. I just use this range to create these different design concepts and ideas. For example, right now, I don't have a lot of time to do specifically wireframes because I'm in a startup, everything moves quickly. So what we do is kind of a concept design. We just know what everything will go and we just create based on the components that make sense with the platform that we are using so in this part we just play with the concept design and then we validate with everyone if there's something to change i will just change and then share with them again everything is validated the design and the implementation are done we just launch it since it's a startup everything moves pretty quickly so in a month we can have a new platform no i'm joking not a new platform but something new that the user is needing and it's something that really intrigues me that's why i like to work for startups because we are always the design process might be more or less the same but everything might change tomorrow so tomorrow I wake up, everything is changed. Yeah, things can move really quickly in startup world for sure. Yeah. But you talk, you know, another part of being in a startup is you get to wear many hats. You get to be the researcher and the designer. And when I was looking at your uh, LinkedIn, it looks like you've also worn a different hat and you have done some public speaking. So I was curious to hear more about your work in that arena. How did you get started in public speaking? And you know, as UX professionals, communication is such a big part of our job. So I'd be also curious, part two of that question, how did you get started? But also, what advice would you share with UX designers looking to become better speakers themselves? So it's curious, actually. I've always liked to perform since I was a kid. I did theater. I always tried to talk, something that I really enjoy, just sharing everything that I know with everyone in some sort of way. And uh, the first speaking opportunity that I had was for an event. I still remember it was an online event for a company in the Netherlands. And I just talked about my experience because at the time I was an entrepreneur and I wanted to just share everything that I was learning with everyone. So I got to do that. And then something that helps me and a great advice that I can give is, I know this is taboo or something like this, but the answer is always no first, especially if you don't do anything. So I just talk. If I see something interesting, I will just talk with that person and say, hey, I do this. This is my value. This is what I think I could do for you. Does this make sense to you? Let's meet. If you if they don't feel comfortable enough at the beginning, I don't know you. I don't know if you are the person to be in my podcast because I never heard of you. I just say, okay, let's meet. Let's have a conversation. I will show you my own perspective of how value I can give to this opportunity. And another thing is I'm always trying to build my value. So what this means is I'm always trying to learn new things and perfectionate the things that I already know. I don't know if perfectionate is a word, but we get it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's something that I always try to do. So it all started one day that I decided to message a girl that I was interested in their event and I wanted to be part of it. And from there, I just just made sense to continue doing this. I've done a lot of different events, podcasts. I've helped on events. And this is something that also helped me. And another thing is something at the time I used to do a lot of entrepreneurship and marketing based on consumer centric approach, but always doing on this specific niche. Right now I am niching to UX UI design, which is something that I'm doing right now. So I never do different things that doesn't complement what I'm doing right now. And this is something important because you might love a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that you should do all of those things for the world. You can keep some for yourself. That's true. So theater, I'm going to try this. <laughs> I really need to work with my speech. <laughs> oh, I love it. They used to give me an exercise that I used to, I had to learn how to scream. Oh my God. This is so weird, but it comes from your belly and it comes in such a different, my voice, if I use it correctly, it can go a long way because oh. I practiced that for years and years and years. And that's Actually, another great advice, if you practice your voice, you're, you're more prone to be considered to doing a show because the knowledge you have, because you are doing that every single day, you are working on it. And if you work on how you pronunciate some words, for example, during this podcast, I said some words that don't exist at all, but I continued, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I like the word professionate. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to yeah. use it. Yeah. That's Okay, so what I'm hearing, if I want to become a better speaker, I need to practice screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Okay. Well, it's good for the soul. I could do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us about the approaches that you work and that was very important in your career and how this project helped you? Uh, to be even better, a uh, better designer? I think one that is really close to my heart, I still haven't had the ability to just say goodbye to it. It's still online. It will never vanish. It's called Conquer Like a Girl. And it's a community that, an initiative community that basically empowers women and the industry. That's lovely. I love it. It's like my baby. It will always be my baby. <laughs> and <but> yeah. <laughs> And with this project or this community, I had the opportunity to meet and work with diverse group of women from different backgrounds, experiences, perspectives. For example, the woman that was helping me with Conquer Like a Girl lives in Korea, which is far away from her. I am in Portugal. She's in Korea, like completely different worlds. But we met with each other. And for example, when we launched Conquer Like a Girl for the second time, we did 24-hour launch because we were in completely different hours. Oh so just all night with all day with conquer like a girl and that helped me a lot to meet different perspectives and that working on this project not only helped me with this but helped me to broaden my mind and explore different solutions that meet a wider range of people that is something that i think is really important for ux design as well especially if your product is not niche down it's from different places in the world And I learned also the importance of considering different perspectives and experience when designing. Since I've done this, I've learned that sometimes we need to not use our opinion, especially most of the times on work, we shouldn't use our opinion because this is not personal. And by doing this with Conquer Like Girl really helped me to put in perspective how to be more inclusive and have a new perspective of accessibility solutions, which is something that is finally 
people are finally talking about this. I've worked also, for example, for different workshops where we discussed challenges faced by women. And I thought this was amazing. I learned a lot from their stories and experiences that I actually never considered before. Because sometimes we think that we know a lot of things and <laughs> we don't know nothing. We know nothing. The other day I learned something that we don't have here, which is the glass ceiling that I know in the United States is something huge. People talk about it. I never heard this here. That was never a conversation that we used to have. And it was something that broadened my perspective. And this was last week, you know, it's... You are always learning and that's why I like to do this type of things because we learn new things every single day and I'm, I'm tremendously grateful for the opportunity that I had to do this project and I'm now with Ladies at UX and I'm just like focusing on how I can move forward and continue to help women in different types of communities in the future. I think this is my, my goal in life is to, yes, I have to work because I have to leave, but also to volunteer in this part of women. That's great. And that's interesting. I like how you commented on, you know, your this work you're doing, you're learning about the experiences of other women. You learned about the term glass ceiling. I'm in the US. I learn about different versions. I had recently was reading about something called a glass cliff. It's a different like twist, different scenario of that. So there's so much to about the women, the experience of women in this space that we can learn. And I'm I love hearing your journey. I'm also curious about how do you keep that learner mindset in your professional work as a UX designer? So what are the ways you stay up to date as a UX designer? I think one of the like the first things is, I think this, is, this has a lot to do with my personality. I think that helps. I'm not going to say that, oh... I work a lot, I do, which I do, of course, but it comes with my personality, always wanting to learn something new. Since I was a kid, I always was curious uh, in different perspectives. There's a specific moment that I remember that was with a t-shirt and my mother was next to me and she also had a teacher. And I don't know why some guy just treated her wrong because of what she was wearing and what I was wearing. And I was like, excuse me, why do you think you can talk to a woman like this? Me, a kid, like nine years old, 10 oh, years hi. old, like, you know, like, excuse me, who do you think you are talking to my mother like that? You know? So I think that always, I always had the curiosity of asking why, and that helps me to learn because if I continue to learn, I continue to know things and I can protect me, which kind of sounds a bit bad saying like this, because we shouldn't need to protect ourselves all the time. Yeah. But there's that. And also specifically to UX design, I think that something that really helps me to be on top of the latest design trends, technologies and best practices is I'm always reading online books, whatever it is, I'm always reading. I have add-on for Chrome that always gives me all the news of UX design, which I love to do and this helps me to understand what is working what is not working and I have I always receive newsletter daily newsletters of what is happening what you should be reading right now related to UX design also by being on the ladies at UX community I'm always learning with different women what they are doing I also am always talking on LinkedIn with different people and they are always teaching me new things about what they are doing and I think by having this perspective of you never know everything and it doesn't need to be something scary or something overwhelmed. It's something that you need to acknowledge that even though you don't know every, everything, 
you have the opportunity of no more. You know, that's a lot of different things you stay on top of. I'm impressed. Good for you. <laughs> that's a nice pro tip too to have the Chrome extension to do some of that curating all of the information. I like that. I'm taking note of that. You talked about one of the ways you stay involved, you know, is through the Ladies at UX community. So I'd like to circle back to your involvement in the Lisbon chapter. So you're the leader of this chapter, and I'm so curious how you would describe what we could call the local flavor of your group. So what kind of women are involved? What? How would you describe the makeup of your membership? And what are the people who are involved in your group? What do they care about? Are there events or topics in particular that are top of mind for the women in your group? I think that the first thing is something that I love and I it warms my heart is that they always meet on Thursday. For me, it's not a good place because it's far away from me, but they always meet on Thursday. And I think that's beautiful. Like they just want to sit together, talk on a Starbucks and just deal just together. So every Thursday they have that, we have that. And I think that by being one of the, the leaders of Ladies at UX, I have a unique insight into the local flavor, you know, of the group and its members. And something that I've been learning is that every group is always looking for more things to know and always talking about, for example, they are always talking, we should meet to talk about this because I'm having a blocker. And they just talk and just, just brainstorm together. I think that's beautiful. And also, by, we are always promoting gender diversity and equality in tech and industry. And we do this also by focusing on accessibility. We have a girl in our group and on the organization that focuses on making sure that we have a checklist of everything that we should consider when, while having an event for everyone to be included in this event. And for example, if someone needs a ride because they cannot go by transportation, we find a way of getting that person there if she really wants to be there. And I love that. I love that. And I think we do everything. We have like designers, re researchers, product managers, people that just want to be there to learn more about UX design and just, I think this just makes the community rich and vibrant, you know? And by the ability of they always talking with each other and learning from each other, we try to include workshops, educational events, networking opportunities. We launched last week mentorship, which I, I'm really excited about. And yeah, we're trying our best to give to every woman some source, some sense of purpose besides their job, what they are doing, because they love UX design. And sometimes it can be overwhelming to just focus on what they're doing career-wise. And having these type of conversations can help to see how they can do better. We are also doing market research for Portugal. All Portugal, uh, we are trying to understand how much they're the salary, to understand if they are being fair paid or not fair paid, uh, how they are feeling with what they are doing. We are trying our best to learn. And this is the foundation of everything that I do is to learn how and what are people saying, how they are approaching certain situations and what they are feeling towards those situations. And what were your biggest learning as a leader of Ladies at UX Lisbon? Did you have any experience that changed you or any experience that was remarkable? I think that one of the, the best ones was learning that everything takes time and you should let things take time sometimes because it will be better. We are right now 10 women on the organization and we have grown a lot since the first 
time we've met and we are doing things slowly, but things are going great in terms of like what we are working on, you know? I think it really helped me to learn how to have a stronger communication, more organizational skills than I had because it's the different way of working when it's volunteering and when you're being paid. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. And you have to learn some ways to respect other volunteers in a way that makes them comfortable to do the work and sometimes we can forget this no one is perfect and they've been helping me work on how to be better for the community yeah i think that was the it's the power of a community you know i think i appreciate you being really honest and open with that answer and i i like that it, sometimes it feels like there's some pressure as a chapter lead to do more or do more things more often yeah. so that's helpful for me to hear you know sometimes to slow down and take time to do something well i like that one other question so shifting away a little bit back to your work i'd love to hear more about what you're excited about in your work right now do you have a project or a new process something you're trying out that you're really interested in that you'd like to share so something i really really love what what I do, especially the the company that I'm working on, because we work with artificial intelligence and SaaS, and we create a platform where we get to learn from the customer reviews and. We get to respond in a way that the user helps the people for different companies. And I think that I feel this in a more deeper way because, I, like I said, I always focus on the customer and even the product is focusing on the customer. So it's just both things just made sense. And something that I'm working on right now is continue to perfect this platform. And I'm learning a lot about how to be specific about different things i'm learning about icons which it's something so specific but there's a world of different ways of using icons yeah and it's something that i'm finding really interesting and challenging it's challenging because if you don't have the eye for the icon it won't work so i think that is a challenge but a good one to have you know yeah and, that's a great one yeah and what advice would you give to people who are starting to work as a ux designer especially those with a background in market like you my advice to people starting out as ux designers is especially those in the marketing background is not to be afraid to bring marketing as your skill to the table marketing and ux design has a lot of overlaps and combining the two can actually led to a more effective and impactful solution because it's really important to never stop learning basically and and stay up to date with the new design trends and technologies but you have a background in marketing that helps you to do the research part you know because you've learned how to do this in a way that relates to the solutions that you're trying to, to provide. So basically you have the process, you just need to refine it in a more user experience mode, but you already have the process of it. And also another thing that I strongly advise is to read. This can be design blogs, this can be books. This can be also, if you don't like reading, you can go to design conferences and workshops and events and talk with people and ask them about what is working for their company right now if you are more of a communicative person. And also to join online design communities, for example, Ladies Let's UX, to expand the knowledge and network, you know? And I think the last thing I would 
would advise is to never underestimate the value of the user research and testing. This is something so essential to the understanding of the user and the needs and to validate your design solutions because you can be great in at the UI design part, but if you don't have the foundations to have something that will work, the product will fail. And it can be the difference between a good design and a great design. And which one do you prefer, the good or the great, you know, that kind of situations. And I think I, the last thing, actually, I will say one last thing that I always say is everything is taken step by step. If you are focusing on the first step by thinking on the second one, you will never complete the first one the best way possible. You should always be on the first step doing everything that you can to have the best for the first step. Even if it takes you a lot of months, this will help you to have a stronger foundation and to be a different UX designer than the, the rest. You know? No one does this, but it's a huge change in strength. Yeah, I love that. That's another, that, that kind of speaks to what you said about taking time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you're applying that to people transitioning to UX design. Uh, we're at the nearing the end of our episode. Is there anything else you'd like to say as like a last bit of advice or something to the audience? I think just one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give is to focus on each step, like I said, as one and not as step to the next. And like this, you will give your best in the one that you are in and you should always trust the uh, the process because hard doesn't mean impossible you know oh that's beautiful yeah that's a great note to end on <laughs> thank you for sharing all this thank you bye thank you for, uh, you guys for listening to us and see you next time we just ended our chat today with Madalena Costa, an amazing lady, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any suggestion, question, or contribution, please contact us on the website, ladiesatux.com. This episode was produced by Ladies at UX, edited by Dominica Mendez, and sponsored by Deploy Me, recruiters that specialize in UX designers.